What is up, y'all? Welcome back to Surfing the Stream, where every week we're on a quest to find out what is the greatest movie and or TV show of all time. I am at Primo, and I am continuing the review series for The Last of Us Season 1. This is my review and recap of episode number 8. Yeah, I know. It's been a few weeks since episode 8 came out. I've had a bunch of scheduling issues. I was on vacation, and then just life kind of got in the way. So I apologize that this was not out a little bit sooner for y'all, but it is what it is, okay? So this is episode 8 titled, When We Are In Need. So if you have not watched any of the episodes up to this episode or watched episode 8, then I highly recommend you go ahead and back out and go watch it and then come back. If not, I mean, you can do whatever you want. You can do whatever you want to do in this life, and you can continue listening for whatever reason. But just know that you have been warned ahead of time. So before we jump into the review, I got to say, just overall, really, really do love season one. I think there's really just one little blemish on on the season as a whole. And again, I'm not going to beat that dead horse. I've, I've already beat it just about every single episode up to this point. But really loving it. And I said it on the last review, which was episode eight was some of my favorite moments in the entire game. Like this was my favorite section, favorite story moments of the game. So I was super excited to finally get a chance to see this in live action. So the question is, does it live up to my expectations? Well, we will get into that. But first, we are going to recap The Last of Us Episode 8. Ellie leaves Joel, who is still recovering, to hunt for food. After shooting a deer, she tracks the wounded animal and encounters a preacher, David, and his fellow hunter, James. She trades her deer for penicillin. David reveals the man who stabbed Joel was a member of his group. Ellie leaves to treat Joel. The next day, she discovers David and his men have followed her to seek vengeance on Joel. She flees to draw them away, but is captured. At David's camp, he reveals he has been feeding his group human flesh. Meanwhile, Joel awakens and tortures some of David's men into telling him Ellie's whereabouts. David and James attempt to kill Ellie, but she kills James and escapes. David hunts her down and tries to rape her, but she kills him with a meat cleaver. Joel finds a traumatized Ellie outside the Colts burning community center and comforts her. And that is the end of the episode. So the question is, did this live up to my expectations of of the game? Because like I said, this is some of my favorite moments of the entire game. I absolutely loved playing this portion of the game, mainly because up to this point, you play as Joel. And then for this section of the game, you play as Ellie because he is incapacitated and dealing with his uh, with his wounds. And to be completely honest, I think initially after watching the episode a couple weeks ago, I was thinking, I was expecting this to be a 10 out of 10. Like, I was expecting this to be my favorite episode. And it doesn't quite reach that mark. And it's mainly because of how slow the, the initial beginning is. And actually, I'll take that back. The first two-thirds of the episode, very, very slow. And then it escalates from that, like, very, very last, like, what, 10, 15 minutes of the episode. So I was kind of expecting a little bit more, a little bit more juice for the episode. But after kind of reading over my notes and then kind of reflecting on the episode for the last week or so, I I think I think it's right in line. I think that is, I think this is about as good as this episode could have gotten. 
I end up giving it a 9.5 out of 10. And let's just jump into why I give it a 9.5. I think initially I was expecting, you know, Michael Bay explosions. I was expecting zombies or the infected, I should say. Or or there's some other huge-ass moments, right? That's kind of what I have expected. But what we got was, honestly, consistency with what came before it. And that is character development. Not a whole lot of not a whole lot of meat on the bones in terms of action and whatnot. All that was saved for the end, which is when there is action in the show, it's usually saved for the end. But like I said, this this episode really does one thing, one thing right, and that is it develops Ellie into that second stage of her character. Now, for those that know where this game goes to the very end, and then part two. You kind of know what I'm talking about in on this, but I won't spoil anything past this episode, obviously. And that is, Ellie is developed now to what she will become in part two. And we have to deal with those repercussions. And we, we've gotten teases about it throughout this season. You know, I think, I forget what episode it was. Maybe it was episode four where she's kind of just staring at the infected and she just stabs it in the head and she's, you know, looking at the guns and, and shit like that. She's admiring those weapons, right? Well, now at this episode, we get her going from the Ellie that is telling jokes, reading puns, and now we get this Ellie that is kind of just fighting to keep Joel alive. She is doing everything in her power to help him survive. And she knows he needs food. She knows he needs antibiotics. And she refuses to let the one last person that she loves, she refuses to let him die. So she kind of takes on this motherly role, I guess you could say. Like, the the biggest thing is, the biggest thing that I noticed in this episode was the swapping of Joel and Ellie. Joel has been caring for her throughout the entire season. And then now Ellie is assuming that role, assuming that role of, of comfort and, and care and protection for Joel. So she's doing everything she can to, to protect him and to keep him alive. So she's even sacrificing a deer for antibiotics because she knows that's ultimately what he needs. And we also see moments where she is doing, you know, what, if you're a parent out there, you know exactly what I'm talking about, where you may not have as much food or you're, let's say you order something off the menu, your kid doesn't like it, but he likes uh what you have, which is typically always the case when you go out to eat. You know, she doesn't eat all the food. You know, she takes a little bite and then she realizes that he needs the food probably more so than she does at this point to help fight infection and to survive. So she's willing to to give him extra food. At this point. So again, she's assuming that role of being a protector and survivalist at this point, which that has been Joel's character up to this point. And then what what the producers, what the writers really do great in this episode is making that shift, making that swap. Joel, and I've already watched episode nine, so I'm not going to spoil anything like that. But when we get to the end of episode eight, Joel is is comforting Ellie, calling her baby girl, which we haven't heard him say that uh, since episode one. 
he really hasn't looked at Ellie as a daughter at all up until now. We got a little, little hints here and there, but now they have fully made that that completed arc for the story. Not, I, w- I guess I wouldn't say completed, but we finally get that huge swing to the other side where he now really cares for her as a daughter and he loves her. And that's all kind of told just by muttering two words, which is baby girl. And I think that's a huge power, that's a huge, not power move, but a huge moment, not only in this series, but this episode in particular, because that, that whole scene is just super interesting to me personally, because of that, the character similarities and the differences, which I've already kind of alluded to uh, going into this next thought that I'm going to make. So Ellie is embracing that violent Joel nature throughout this episode, right? I mean, she she just goes fucking insane on David. She manipulates James and David, and then she wastes enough time to to kind of Michael Myers James in the neck with with a uh, with a hatchet or whatever it was. So she's embracing that Joel nature, that that fight to survive, that fight or flight instinct, while Joel is kind of swapping to. Ellie's side and now he's embracing the love aspect of this relationship he's embracing her as his daughter and it feels like they've been opposites all season long and now they have reversed and swapped sides of that spectrum for the foreseeable future so to kind of get to this portion of their arc super interesting love this scene in particular because it's just so powerful for not only the series but everything that's come before it and you think this moment was great in in the show? This movie, th- this moment is great in the game, guys. Like, this this was just done masterfully well. I don't know how it could have been any better for a live action, for sure. But to kind of go back backwards a little bit. So I mentioned that Ellie's kind of going, going insane, quote-unquote. She's, she's kind of taking that animalistic nature. You know, she she's fighting to survive. The stuff with her and David are some really, really great scenes throughout this episode. Really great scenes. By the way, David, he is a really good villain. They did some very great... They they set him up very, very well as the villain. You really dislike the guy, and it's just the subtle writing. And he's also a pretty pretty good actor in this as well. And he's this, this cult leader, and everyone's afraid of him because he has... Because he has them brainwashed, and he's looking to Ellie as he, he's looking to her as a wolf. Okay, he's he's leading sheep up to this point, and he's ready to have somebody else in his little clique that not only could help him rule over these people and brainwash them even further, but he doesn't want to marry a sheep. He doesn't want to be together with a sheep. He wants to marry a motherfucking wolf. So he kind of takes a liking to to Ellie. And just all the scenes between him and Ellie and then James and as well. By the way, James, the guy that plays James in this episode, I don't know if y'all know this, but that is Troy Baker who played Joel in the game. And I will kind of explain who plays Ellie in the game. She's also a... Little, little cameo in the next episode. So I love how they're bringing these these characters that they had in the game 
to the show, and it's just it's a little, little Easter eggs, you know, just little Easter eggs that you you can't help but love. But anyways, David, great villain. I I love the tension in the scenes, especially when David is talking with Ellie about believing in God, and he mentions. You know, they were looking for a girl and a man, and then James is kind of like standing right behind her, ready to shoot her. But again, he's not looking to kill her. He, he's looking to to convert her to his group and kind of, ah, what's the word I'm looking for? Yeah, dominate over her, basically, and make her, for lack of a better word, a wolf still. And I, I just, I loved those scenes with them because it did add a lot of tension. And then, on the other side of this, we have David, who has he, he doesn't have like one simple motivation. He he sees a strong young girl that could help him lead their flock. He's tired of leading sheep, and you know he's looking for another wolf. So, so he like I said, he doesn't have this simple motivation of oh I'm just gonna kill people to kill people, or you know those I kind of atone him to type Marvel villains basically because. Marvel villains almost never have any motivations that you could agree with or make them empathetic characters and whatnot. But they do a great job. And I'm not saying I empathize with David whatsoever because I don't. The dude's a fucking creep and he tries to rape Ellie. Not cool, bro. But I just, I loved how they just didn't give him this one simple thing. Like, yeah, I, I guess you could say, well, I mean, he just wants her to help lead this group and make them more brainwashed than they were. I mean, that's kind of simple. Yeah, but I think in the context of the writing and how they develop this character throughout the episode and kind of make him more menacing along with the scenes, adding tension, I, I think they I, th- I think they did a great job not making it just seem so simple on the surface for sure. But again, we have this development of Ellie and her personality. Now she's going on going insane on David when he tried raping her. Again, totally deserved it. Like, I couldn't have been happier for someone getting killed in this show than David. That, that, but that moment's huge because we haven't seen her go crazy like that on killing someone. And like I mentioned earlier, it's been teased all season. And then now we get that moment. And I'm excited to explore this in the future, especially considering how David tells her she has this violent heart. And again, that's just like the crux of this character. And it's going to be so damn good when we finally get to explore that. Which, by the way, they're saying 2025 at the earliest for season two. Bro, that is way too fucking long. I'm going to need y'all to uh, speed that up a little bit. It's already the beginning of 2023. 2024 at the latest. But yeah, I absolutely love this episode, especially the end where the... uh, You know, I I wish they would have done a little bit more with, you know with the lodge on fire and, and the, I, I guess the, the horror aspect of that, I, I think they could have done a little bit better with that. And that's probably the only thing holding it back from a 10 for me because the game, that portion, a lot of fucking fun. Love that portion. So I, I do think that's probably my only nitpick of the episode is just, and as, honestly, that's a lot of the season in general. A lot of it feels rushed. I, I think they could have done a lot more, I think they could have done a lot better with either A, disregarding episode three altogether. I said I wouldn't beat that dead horse, but y'all know me. I, I got to beat the dead horse. If it's if it's there, I got to beat it. Shout out to that. But I think maybe making this a 10-episode season would have would have really helped 
uh, some of these episodes kind of breathe a little bit because we get some very, very slow moments at the beginning of this episode. And then the last third just speeds by. Like they're speeding by all the action and whatnot. So I hope they do kind of correct that for, for season two, which they do seem to... They're, they're kind of out there saying that they're going to have more infected and, and stuff like that in season two, which I'm not saying you got to have them in every episode, every single episode, but come on guys, this is a zombie show that doesn't have any zombies. Just saying. But overall, really, really love this episode. It, it did meet my expectations. Ultimately nine, five out of 10. Uh, y'all let me know in our discord, which you can get access to by going to patreoncom slash two game. That is the number two supports to any of those tiers. And then you get access to the discord, which is where all the fun and shenanigans occurs. We are doing a lot of different things in the near future for all of our podcast. Yeah, that's right. Plural. We have surfing the stream two game. We're on TikTok Now we are doing things on YouTube as well. Uh, you can catch, you can probably catch some Surf in the Stream episodes on there in the near future as well, as long, along with some some Let's Play series, uh, video games and whatnot. And then for Patreon-exclusive podcasts, we have the Wall of Death podcast and Ransom Raves. Uh, that's music reviews and then just cathartic bitch sessions, basically. But y'all come check us out, patreon.com slash two game. I would really appreciate y'all's support. Uh, but otherwise, thank you for clicking on this episode and supporting us regardless. So I will catch y'all next week on another episode. Laters.